This is Jim English, and welcome to my podcast called The Who Gives a Shit Files. And this is dedicated to all the people that listen. And I do appreciate you listening. People like Brian English and Lloyd Rulin and Chris Burt and Dave Siminski and all the other people who subscribe to me on Spotify. You know, I really appreciate it. I'm like really flattered that that uh, that you guys listen. And so I wanted to dedicate this podcast to you. It's called Bully, B-U-L-L-Y. So, you know, as you grow older, and part of the reason I do this podcast is I want to, you know, do some memoirs of my life and what happened to me for not only my kids, but my grandkids. This will be a legacy. It's part of the legacy I'm leaving behind. So I wanted to tell this story because I've reflected on it a lot, a ton. I've thought about this incident in my life more times than I can imagine. And I'm sure that all of you who are listening have certain points in your life that you reflect on. And this is one of them. So I grew up in Whittier, California, which was a middle class town. It wasn't particularly rough. It wasn't it was typical of the 60s. It was a suburban Los Angeles city. And, you know, where I grew up, there were there were a lot of Mexicans. There were a lot of whites. There were a lot of like Italians, some Italians, a lot of Irish Americans. And, you know, back in the 60s, you fought people. That was part of the deal. I used to fight my best friends. We used to wrestle all the time. Okay. Sometimes we actually fought it out with fists. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we would fight together. I would go down to Newport Beach, Balboa Island. My cousin owned a a house down there, and we used to go down with our surfboards. It was Gary Hangen, Mark Mickey, John Till, and myself. And, you know, the locals in Newport Beach, where I live now, you know, we used to get in fights. And once again, no weapons, just fist fights. And it happened. And I fought in, in, in grammar school a lot, went to a Catholic school called St. Mary's. And it is interesting. There are a few people that I hang out with in Newport Beach who actually went to St. Mary's and they know what I'm talking about, that there were people there that got in fights. And I am not talking about fighting every day, you know, morning, noon and night. I'm talking once or twice a year you would get in a fight. Once again, we would wrestle all the time as kids, you know, wrestle, try and get people in headlocks, you know, try and try and beat them wrestling. But every now and then it would get out of hand and we would fight or we would have to, uh, things would just happen. You'd have to prove your manhood. You were tested. And there were a couple of kids across the street who grew up in an abusive household and I remember distinctly, they were called the X brothers, Johnny and Jamie X. And they had big problems with their father who used to hit them. And I remember seeing that and these kids were angry 
they were tough and they were angry. And every now and then, you know, once again, not all the time, but a couple of times a year, I would fight them because it would just arise and they were angry and I had to stand up for myself. And I just had to fight him. Gary Hangen and I, who is probably my best friend, he went to St. Mary's with me. One day we fought it out in the alley. He was, uh, you know, his parents were getting a divorce and it was an ugly, ugly divorce. I remember going to his sister's wedding and a big fight broke out between the mother's boyfriend and the husband, and it was a brawl. So it was not only that we had to fight to kind of protect our manhood back in the in the 60s, it was we were exposed to it. We were exposed to it. I remember just vividly that fight at Gary Hangen's sister's wedding. Her name was Pam, and I felt so bad for her. Everybody got drunk, and there was a brawl. It was a brawl, people, people fighting. And I mean, these were grown men fighting. These were people in their 30s and 40s that were fighting. So we got exposed to it a lot. Now, my father was on the USC boxing team. If you listen to my podcast about about uh, my dad, I did a podcast, a tribute, a memorial to him on his 100th uh, which would have been his 100th birthday, he taught me how to box. And he used to go into the garage, and we had a big body bag that was hanging from the ceiling, and he would show me how to box. He showed me what a left hook was. He showed me what a right jab was, a left jab, a right cross, an under, um, you know, undercut. He showed me how to box, and I got pretty good. And, you know, once you fight somebody and people see it, because please keep in mind that these fights, some of them were just isolated, but some of them were in front of the school and there were lots of people watching. This was about manhood. This was about self-respect. It was a different time back then. I don't believe that my kids, you know, my son who grew up in, in, you know, in the nineties and early 2000s, I don't believe he's ever been in a fight. And I love that fact. I love that fact. But in the early to mid 60s, things were different. You know, fighting was more prevalent and it was more accepted. So, you know, in in my freshman year of of high school, I went to a place called Cal High. I left St. Mary's got out of the Catholic system and went to a public high school. And it was a tough high school. And it was, you know, it was a typical high school in suburbia. You know, a lot of Mexican kids, you know, who grew up in lower middle class, a lot of middle class kids. There was some upper middle class kids too. But there was no upper class. Those those people, the rich people, went to a different high school. So I went to I went to Cal High my freshman year, and then I moved to New Jersey. Now, when I moved to New Jersey, there wasn't nearly the same amount of fighting, 
And I have some thoughts on why that is. And there were a lot of Italian kids and there was a lot of mafia. So people stayed in line at Ramapo High School where I went. But my freshman year, this will stay with me forever. So there was a guy, I was probably, well, I remember um, being on the football team and on the basketball team at Cal High my freshman year. And I was 5'8", 135. And there was a guy, Jim Stone, who was the same year, who was very big. And at the time, and, you know, once again, I'm guessing, but he was probably 6'2", 170. And a big guy. And he was somewhat of a bully. I don't want to paint him as he went around pushing people around but he made it known that he was a badass and he was tough and that if somebody wanted to challenge him he was ready for the challenge i don't believe that he picked fights i don't want to portray this guy as like the ugliest bully you've ever seen and the prototypical bully who just kicked everybody's ass because that's not the case but he made it well known he was big and he was strong he was star of the freshman football team, which was actually the B team, because back then they had A, B, A was varsity, and then they had junior varsity, and they had B, C, and D, depending on your size. They'd measure your size and age, and then they slot you into categories. Well, because of his size, he was the star of the B football team, and he was an excellent football player, and I'm going to get into his football career in a little bit. So what happened is there was a girl I like, and we were in freshman history class, and her name was Nancy Carter, and I really liked her, and she really liked me. At least I thought she did. And so what happened is that I was sitting next to her, and I talked to her, and Jim Stone came up to me and said, move. I want to sit next to Nancy. And I looked at Nancy and she looked at me and I said, and she looked at me once again, you know, this was in class. It wasn't like that he was going to, you know, grope her or do anything really offline because I don't want to paint a bad picture of this guy, Jim Stone. But what he did is I said, no, I'm I'm not going to move. I wanted to impress this girl. So he picked me up in my desk and moved me, okay? He pulled up his desk, and he went to sit down, and I pushed the chair out from under him, and he sat right on the ground. And I'm telling you, this guy was pissed. He, and it caught the attention of the entire class. The entire class witness this guy sitting on the ground and popping up so fast that it it you know it just caught everybody's attention so i remember what happened that was 10 o'clock that was my 10 o'clock class from 10 to 11. so i went to my next class and after after class i'm sorry after class He came up to me and he goes, you and I are going to fight at lunch. 
we're going to fight at lunch. And I said, and it was right in front of Nancy Carter. And, you know, I couldn't let my manhood be challenged in front of this, you know, my first crush. And I said, fine, you, you know, where do we do it? So he goes, we meet behind the Dairy Queen right at lunch and you better be there. So, you know, I go to class and I come out and all of my friends are waiting for me. And the whole school (laughs) knew that Jim Stone, this huge guy, had challenged me to a fight. So I was like, I couldn't back down. I was way smaller than he was. So I remember walking to the Dairy Queen, and I want to paint this scenario. There were at least 25 people that were walking with me, all my friends, all the people who knew me. Um, you know, they all walked to behind the Dairy Queen. And when I showed up behind the Dairy Queen, I, I kid you not, there must have been another probably 25 or 30 kids waiting there, waiting there to see me fight Jim Stone. And, you know, I was I was an experienced fighter. I wasn't a street fighter. You know, I wasn't like a karate guy or anything like that. But I could box and I had a lot of experience at boxing. Not only did I box in fights, but my dad set up some boxing matches that were semi-organized. So, you know, I knew how to handle myself, but. There was a huge size differential. I mean, huge. So what happened is, you know, he said, okay. He was kind of surprised that I showed up, but I did. And I also scanned the crowd and I noticed that Nancy Carter was not there. She was not there. So what happened is I squared off with Jim Stone. And once again, he was an imposing sight. And I was a scrawny little guy who had barely reached maturity. He looked like he had reached maturity five years ago. So we start to fight. And he takes a swing at me. And I duck. And I hit him like five times square in the face. I hit him with two jabs, a left hook and a right cross. And I got him flat in, I mean, I got him flush in the face and I got him with a right cross right under the chin. And the guy didn't even flinch. He didn't even flinch. It was like a fly trying to beat up a bull and get get swished by the tail. And so I I just kept swinging and he came in and grabbed my feet. And the whole time I'm punching him right in the face. I'm getting him with rights and lefts. You know, I, I literally, I hit him six times square in the face and it did absolutely no damage at all. And he didn't even flinch. And he just came right after me. He grabbed me by the feet. 
okay, by the ankles and flipped me off. I went on my back and he hit me twice right in the face. Boom, boom. And he cut my eye and I started bleeding all over the place. And so what he said, I mean, I was beaten. I mean, there was no doubt about it. This guy could have killed me if he wanted to, but he didn't. He hit me twice. He made his point. He goes, get up and get out of here. So I got up and I was bleeding all over my face. There was blood all over my face. Keep in mind, I was not really hurt that bad, but it looked awful. It looked awful. And everybody, seriously, 40 to 50 people were there. I am not exaggerating. And they all looked at me and thought I had some really bad damage. So I walked into the Dairy Queen and the Dairy Queen uh, restroom. And I looked in the mirror and my face was covered with blood. Now I washed it off and I took a tissue paper and I pressed it against the cut and that stopped the bleeding. And, you know, it was interesting. I wasn't swollen. There was no black eye. I just had a little cut over my, over my uh, eye. And I went back to school and everybody was talking about how I stood up to Jim Stone, this massive guy. And, you know, I have to tell you that I was, you know, everybody gets their 15 minutes of fame. Well, I got that whole day people were talking about the fight, the fight. And I remember the next day, you know, I went home and my dad said, how'd you get that cut? And I told him and he said, uh, he was proud of me that I would stood up. And so he asked me about the fight, you know, being invested in my boxing career. He stood, you know, he, he started asking me questions and I told him, you know, that guy was just too big. You know, I mean, there was nothing I could do. And he goes, you learned a lesson, didn't you? And I said, yes, that's the last time I fight somebody who is that big. And he said, well, good. But he goes, I'm proud that you stood up. So the next day, first period, I had speech class. And I remember this vividly. And Jim Stone walked up to me and I go, oh, God, what's he going to do? And he goes, how's your eye? And I said, it's fine, thanks. And he goes, good. Now, I want you to know that we were never friends after that. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, we became bosom buddies and, and football partners. It wasn't like that at all. But he left me alone. And I got a measure of respect for standing up to the bully, if you will. Now, interesting. So I moved to New Jersey my, for my sophomore year. And I've reflected on this, you know, a hundred times, maybe even 200 times. It's hard to say, but you think about these things. These are big points in your life where you're tested. You stand up, you get your ass kicked, and then you move on. 
but I've thought about this a lot. So what is interesting is now with the internet, you know, you can find out what happened to people. Well, it turned out that Jim Stone went to University of Hawaii on a football scholarship. He stayed at Cal High and they made a run in CIF and he got a full ride to the University of Hawaii. And he was a two-time, you know, Division II, Hawaii at the time was Division II school in, in the early 70s when Jim was there. And he was second team All-American two years in a row. And you know what's interesting is you can look this up. You can see this. You can see that he, you know, you can see the highlights of his football career, the beauty of the Internet and social media. Now, the ending of this is kind of sad. So there's a guy that I played basketball with in Manhattan Beach for years, and I see him periodically at a memorial for Randy Larson, who we used to play basketball with. His name is Dan Davis, and we call him Bear. Dan Davis is probably 6'3", 6'4", and when I was playing basketball with him, he was, and against him, he was like 260. And he played football at the University of Hawaii with Jim Stone. So I was at the memorial for Randy Larson a couple of years ago, and I had remembered that he had played basketball, I'm sorry, football at University of Hawaii. And I said to Dan Davis, Bear, I said, we're having a couple of beers. And I said, actually, we were having more than a couple of beers. This was a big party for somebody who was big in my life. And if you listen to the podcast on the NBA, we dedicate that to Randy Larson. So I, I remembered that, that Dan Davis played football at University of Hawaii. And I said, Bear, do you remember Jim Stone? And he goes, oh, yeah, I played football with Jim Stone for three years. He was a great football player. He was an All-American. So I said, I told him the story. I said, you know, Bear, you know, I got in a fight with Jim Stone and, you know, he destroyed me. He smoked me. I got, I got my butt kicked. And he goes, you know, it's sad what happened to Jim. Apparently what happened is Jim got into drugs and he he got into drugs when he was at University of Hawaii and apparently he died of an overdose. So it was very, very sad what happened to Jim Stone. But I, you know, it was good being able to catch up with Bear Dan Davis on what happened to Jim and I'm sorry what happened to him and it was a it was a shame because once again 
you know, even though he and I fought it out and even though I got my ass kicked and I stood up with him that gave me a measure of self-respect, you know, he did not deserve to have his life taken from him. And apparently he was a marginal NFL player. So I appreciate you listening, Jim Stone, wherever you are. You know, I hope you found peace and thank you all for listening.